Welcome to SelfDiscoveryRadio.com, where the orchard of wisdom is just ready for picking. We celebrate your why, the journey that you've taken that inspires someone else. We support your services. We support your story. Come and be our guest. Become a host. Be an author with us. Come and see what we've got. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Building Your Business. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, with a croaky voice today, terribly sorry. And I have a wonderful guest with me here, Chris Salem. Health is your wealth with transparency. What do we mean by that? How can you have wealth without good health? And health comes in every part of you, mind, body, and soul. And what's the transparency part about it? But we're going to be finding out about that today and taking the journey with Chris, who is a prosperity coach, he, uh, mindset and emotional intelligence, self-mastery for sustainable success. But you can't have any of that until that emotional mindset, that health and wellness is put into play, because otherwise you're just going to burn out and then never reach that success you want. So how do you pace yourself? How do you get to be where you need to be? Well, let's ask Chris, because that's what he's here for. We're going to pick his brain. Hello, Chris. Welcome to the show. Sarah, it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> and again, sorry for the voice, folks. I don't oh, normally sound like this. <laughs> I'm adding a little huskiness here today. Too much partying over this thing. And happy, <laughs> happy New Year, you know, and Happy New Year to everyone else. I know this is the yes, eighth happy January New Year. airing, but... We're still at that new year of hope, aren't we? You know, the, never mind the resolutions, but it's really about that. Um, looking at a new, a new year as a clean slate and, you know, taking things that did work from last year forward with us, but then just leaving some things there. And so having a really good, clean mindset to this year, a different approach to it is really what, what set the year up on its productivity, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so the, the, explain the wellness part of, of this, because a lot of people don't understand wealth and health, you know, in hand in hand. What do we mean by that? And certainly what so, do we mean by the transparency of it? Absolutely. So, you know, the whole of the transparency thing <clears throat> is in order for you have the ability to change, to be where you want to be, it's to be transparent where you are now and to know that where you are now is temporary and that that you could get to a better place if we able to put you know our wellness first and then alignment with our wealth principle so what wellness means is not just physical wellness there's eight pillars of wellness there's emotional wellness social wellness this looks at your relationships with yourself and others are you in a codependent independent or interdependent relationship uh, financial wellness, spiritual wellness, occupational wellness, in intellectual wellness, and environmental wellness. And what environmental wellness means is what is your environment around you, whether if you're at home, uh, it, you know, out, it, your car, your business, you know, is there clutter, that type of thing. And if it, or if it's organized, obviously that's, you know, better. So the key is, is there ever going to be perfect balance in, with your eight pillars of wellness? No. However, you can strike the fine balance. And what happens is, is that if any of those pillars of wellness are out of, are unbalanced, they affect one another. So if you're emotionally unbalanced, 
that'll affect you physically. We'll end up eating foods that don't serve us, that can lead to being either overweight or lead to obesity. Uh, we eat comfort foods to handle stress, those types of things. And it's vice versa uh, for the other, the other seven. So that being said, that when we have the ability to really look at our eight pillars of wellness to find where we could strike balance, it's then that we can then align that with our wealth principles. Now, when we talk about wealth, that can be not only your investments and how much money you've saved and how much you want to make, but it's also it takes in other things. Are you really serving your highest purpose? Are you doing what you love to do? <clears throat> do you have more time to, to do the things that you love to do, to spend time with family, to go uh, maybe go on a few vacations a year, uh, to pursue certain types of hobbies? You know, these are the things which I, I term wealth. So when you have wellness and wealth in alignment, striking that balance, we have the ability to create true prosperity in our own personal lives. And this also goes, you know, it, it goes into effect for businesses as well, not only for your own personal business, but also for, for people that work for companies. Mm-hmm. And if we're able to put those principles, to, you know, to use that, that companies can see huge changes in advancements in terms of how they do business going forward because they're investing in their people. So that's the transparency, I, isn't it? And you got to be honest with yourself. Yeah. You, you, know, you got to be transparent because if you can't be transparent, then you truly can't be an example for mm-hmm. others to model from, to, to find it within themselves to do what's best for them. You know, people um, talk product or talk business before they create relationships. And really business is about relationships, isn't it? It's yeah. in that transparency of who you are in your own equilibrium, what you stand for, what you believe in, that you're presenting to someone else and in hopes that there is a synergy. And from there, then you can conduct a business. We've gone from the days of pitching, you know, everything and handing the card and pitching. People don't want that anymore. They want to know you, right? And they want to know uh, transparently, are you authentic? You know, would you drink your own Kool-Aid that you're selling, right? And so I think we've gone from that kind of flash promotion type thing into uh, a relationship. But in order to have an honest relationship with other people, you've got to have that relationship with self. And that alignment has to be honest and true. That's so true. I mean, I always say that if you're going to have an, you know, a positive or productive relationship with anyone, whether if it's intimate with your family, with a business partner, uh, leading a group of people, you first got to have that relationship with yourself because you can't be the example from an authentic standpoint to, and you know, in this case that you're not influencing someone to be like you, but, but you're, you're being an example for someone to kind of model from so that they can find within themselves who they really are, that they can bring out the best of their abilities to do the same. Inspire to invite, right? When you inspire someone, you invite them to interact with you or you inspire them to seek something within themselves. And that is interdependent versus codependent. And many times people don't realize that they're in codependent relationships, mm-hmm. whether personal or in business. But codependency obviously does not lead to sustainable success in anything. You know, there's always going to be problems. You know, a lot of times there's a lot of enabling going on and we're looking to please people, make people mm-hmm. want to like us. Mm-hmm. And that comes from a codependent uh, uh, environment, whereas interdependent comes from kindness and empathy. We can learn to relate and listen and understand one another versus to respond, but we're not pleasing or enabling people. We know where to draw the line there, that the, the, the best 
success for anybody is to be the example for them to make those changes themselves, not telling them how, when, or why to do something. Right. I mean, a true leadership is that uh, inspiration that you get from other people, you know, by seeing the journey they've taken, who they are. It is not for you to go and emulate them. It is for you to find that same light within you because it's not about um, dictating how people should do it. It's not about do it my way. It's the only way. I hope you're not picking up any of this dinging going on in the background here, something I can't switch off. And also it's about being that inspiration that people look up to and say, I can be that person within myself. And you learn from the journey that other people have taken from the tools they picked up along the way. And when you apply it to yourself, that's when you can find the leadership in your own life, the leadership of your life. That then becomes an inspiration to someone else. That is so true. And there's no greater gift that you can give someone else is, is being that example, you know, allowing people to find themselves and it's empowering. Empowerment is so, so important in our world. And again, you know, using empathy, emotional intelligence uh, makes a world of difference, not only in one's personal life, but also in any professional business setting, incorporating emotional intelligence with the intellectual intelligence to build more sustainable, uh, productive relationships that lead to uh, better business going forward. Let's talk about emotional relationships because people, you know, I say it's for us to be emotionally tuned in, but not to get emotional about it. And people, when they hear the word emotional, immediately it conjures up a whole exuberance of emotion that can't be controlled. So, you know, what is your take on emotional intelligence? So the whole thing about emotional intelligence, it's not that what people might think like, oh my God, if I'm angry, what am I going to do? Am I going to come from anger and start trying to, you know, uh, find a solution with someone out of anger? No, that doesn't work. We're not talking that type of, you know, emotion. Emotion means that you are in control of your emotions. You have the ability to know that if you were angry, that you're not going to be making any, you know, uh, final decisions on anything in that state of mind. See, the key, to the, the, the key to mastering emotional intelligence, whether if it's an individual or in a business, is knowing that it's best to make those decisions coming from within the solution rather than the problem. So what is the problem from an individual standpoint? Well, this is what I call limited beliefs. Now, everyone, people have limited beliefs that go back to childhood. These are things that we observed in terms of behaviors or things that happened uh, to us, through our parents. And it's usually tied to one specific parent where certain things go back and, and there's usually negative emotion or emotions that are tied to it. So in my case, I had anger towards my father. I didn't know it at the time. I just knew I was angry, but going back, my limited beliefs and how I view things and how I created situations in my life all came from that negative emotion of anger that went back to my limited beliefs that I picked up from my father. Now I just, I knew it, that things weren't working in my life. I couldn't form productive, positive relationships with others, whether it was intimate, personal, or in business. They would always sour out at some point. And it wasn't until I was able to get to the root cause and learn how that I could eliminate those limited beliefs. And not to say that I would ever get angry again, but knowing that if when anger hit me, it wouldn't own me. 
it wouldn't right. linger with me. Yeah. It had the ability to, I had the ability to end it and let it, it go. Yeah. And let it go. Mm. And then once I was in a better place to make those a, a decision mm. from a place of clarity, from a from the present moment out of more of love. And when I say love, sometimes companies might say, Well, what do you mean? You gotta base everything out of love. No, I don't mean by like a loving read, but just that you're at a place of calm energy in the moment that you can make a sound decision and take massive action with it. That's what, what I mean by emotional intelligence, using that concept with intellectual intelligence, that would be the facts, the figures, the stats, the trends that you can make a, a decision that could really make a difference in your business and personal life. That's how I view emotional intelligence. And it's huge. You know, you talk about that inner child. And I don't think anybody goes through life without something from our past governing us. And it's only when you kind of get that little proverbial tap on the shoulder or the cosmic two by four, you suddenly realize that this repetitive pattern, uh, putting blocks in, in places, you know, a lot of people are scared of success. Maybe dad was successful and didn't spend any time with them, right? So now you don't want to be successful because you're scared you're not going to spend time with your loved ones. We don't know this pattern that's been entrenched in, in us as a child that we carry with us because we're constantly looking forward and we're not paying attention to what we're carrying with us and sometimes we just stop stop look in don't be afraid to go through the layers don't be afraid what you find because once you face it now you can deal with it it's the hidden message or the hidden programming that's in there that is more detrimental because as you said it, how do you have a relationship with someone if your relationships are coming from a place of anger that you don't even understand absolutely you know and that's and that's what when we talked about you know really putting your wellness first is that understanding that anything sustainable in your business or your personal life whether it's relationships or your own personal well-being goes back to those same principles is putting the emotional intelligence first, that being the wellness side, the eight pillars of wellness. And then once that you're able to, you know, find that formula of striking balance, you know, cause sometimes there's going to be a give and take with any of those pillars and then finding the alignment with your wealth principles. Again, talking about, you know, investments, money, you know, certain assets, your freedom, you know, time spent doing hobbies that you enjoy doing, um, vacations, whatever the case may be, this is when that you can bring that together. This is where one can, you know, again, just experience a level of prosperity that they never even thought was possible or they just never experienced in their lives. You know, you talked about love and, and love still being that trepidatious word that people misunderstand. When we talk about self-love, it's not walking around as the narcissistic ego look exactly. at me aren't i great we've already got many of those out there we don't need any more when we're talking about that love of self we're talking about the value you place on your own well-being the allowing yourself to be and nurturing and loving yourself in such a way that you resonate on a higher frequency on a higher vibration that is more invitational to people and you find people just oh, i just love them I don't know why I just love them because you've stepped into their love zone. They love who they are, why they are and what they do. And that's the love that they extend. It's not a kumbaya and it's not a, you know, orgy fest. It's just the beautiful vibration of self love and purpose that exudes from people. Exactly. I mean, you think about, you know, we talked about vibrational 
frequency. Again, you know, there's different types of energies that vibrate differently. And especially when it comes to emotions, anger vibrates at the lowest level mm. and love vibrates at the highest level. And then there's some other things that are in between. But a lot of times the other things that are negative emotions like shame, guilt, jealousy, envy, any combination thereof, many times those really trace back to anger. Anyway, yeah. they're just other, just other component, other negative emotions that discontent is to be anger, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and when you vibrate at a higher energy, you have the ability to attract better situations. And even if when things do happen that are not good, you know, maybe there's an economic downturn in your business or there's a new competitor that comes into the marketplace. Maybe, you know, somebody, you know, you know, things happen, you know, in life to us, to us personally, but we don't, we learn that we don't react more, mm. you know, to it in the digging ourselves deeper into the problem. Right. We have the ability now to look at the blessings and opportunities disguised in those setbacks and be able to move forward to actually propel ourselves even farther ahead than we would have thought so when this happened. So it's really having a whole new attitude and being grateful through those setbacks when you have the ability to operate from that, that, uh, that vibrational um, frequency of love rather than anger. Yeah, I call them the redirects. You know, you have the best laid plans and you're on that road. And as you say, you know, a challenge, an obstacle comes up. What are you going to do? You, you know, I don't know if you've read uh, Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. Uh, yeah. you know, four metaphorical creatures, two humans, two mice, all living around the trees and the re uh, cheese. And it's the reaction once the cheese has gone. And it is so apropos to the way we look at life. You know, some people give it back. I'm going to sue you. Other people, what do I do now? Others sniffing and scurrying out new opportunities. And I think we have to look to ourselves. Who are we in our personality traits? How do we react to things? And if it's a process that we have to go through because we're not quick to redirect, then allow the process. But don't let panic in. Because redirections, you know, what's being presented to you is not the end of anything. It's the beginning of something else. It's exciting, right? Let's go into it with enthusiasm. That's so true. It's so true. And, and again, it always starts with us, you, the person taking responsibility. Yeah. No one is responsible for, you know, your personal life or your business. Even if you work for somebody that you have to take responsibility. But if we can come together when we can really take that responsibility and own it with, from the solution rather than the problem yeah then we have the ability to come together as a group of people interdependently to make great things happen whatever that may be in a, either a business or personal setting and that's really what's really about it starts with the individual and then it you know it becomes a group from there this is where i'm a firm believer how we can build you know a a, a, a really more robust family unit a thriving community and then also thriving businesses with this concept Collaboration. You know, we've put so much emphasis on competitiveness and it became competitive at all costs. You know, didn't care who paid the price. And now we're looking at that collaboration. There is enough to go around for everyone. You have a certain piece of the pie. Somebody else has a piece of the pie. If you, you know, get to serving it together, everybody is going to enjoy both of your pies. There is enough. And I think this competitiveness of I've got to be the top, I've got to be number one, I've got to make the Fortune 500 drives people down a road sometimes that is detrimental because that need to be there. Why do you need to be there? Why do you need to be a part of Fortune 500? 
who are you trying to prove something to? And I think when you're living in the honesty of who you are, what you're doing, loving what you're doing, I think you're already enriched. You're already, you know, fortune, five million. You know, it's, I think we have to sometimes ask ourselves, why are we doing it? What are we doing it for? And if it's accolades, why? Go back to the childhood again. It goes back to the childhood with the, the father, the mother. <clears throat> uh, you know, of course, media has a play in it, you know, that type of thing. But it's mainly from what you observed in your father. My father was a go-getter. My father came from a poor family, never wanted to be poor again. He sacrificed his family for the sake of making money. That's what I observed. But I knew that while being successful, and I, you know, and I was a go-getter myself, I knew that to sacrifice everything else that balances out your life would not be success. That if right. I just chased the almighty dollar for the sake of chasing the almighty dollar, that I would really would not be successful. I would lose everything else, lose myself, and then lose everyone else that was important around me. And obviously that formula now has worked for me, whereas my, my father, I look back, it didn't work. He made lots of money, but he he died at the age of 56 of cancer, mm. as, a, as I believe a, a result of his limited beliefs going unanswered and eventually manifesting itself into cancer because he was so off balance with everything else other than just the money side. You've hit a big word there, balance, <clears throat> alignment. You know, the wellness and the wealthness, it has to be in balance. If you're searching the wealth without paying attention to the wellness, you are going to be depleted before you get to the wealth or the wealth is just going to pay for your health because you've let it go. Everything in life has to have an equilibrium and a balance, isn't it? Yin and yang, dark and light. That balance is something that we need to seek in life. But so very often we find ourselves going off delta. And yeah, you're going to have a little seesaw. You know, some things are going to it's take more attention. Talk. Yeah, it's never yeah. going to be like, you're not no, going to be like no, that. No, it's all about that. Yeah. doing that. Yeah, it's just, it's not kind of one up in the sky, one down in hell. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just making sure the seesaw is in an equilibrium that everything's got its say at the right time and that, you know, no one dominance. That balance well, is hard I, to I find. would say, like, you know, there, if you choose to <clears throat> ride, by all means, feel free to do so. But, but I rather, you know, you'd rather take the ride that's a little bit more steady but you know it's going to provide it's going to provide you that balance to the best of your ability that's going to really give your life really more meaning and and when it when it comes down to the end of your life or whatever the case may be if you're passing on your business to someone else it, it it they're going to remember what you did for others being being the example not how much money you made or you know how many clients you acquired and you you know I'm not saying those aren't important but but that being said, when it's all said and done, that's not what's really important. It's really about the memories and the impact that you had left being that example. So this is a, a roadmap or a formula, so to speak, that can allow you to do that. Stepping into consciousness, I've interviewed an awful lot of business people around the world. A lot of them work with either the UN or governments, uh, big industries, and they're going in there and reformatting where it's people planet then profit not profit at the expense of people and planet as it has been and that consciousness that if you invest in your your staff you treat your clientele uh, you know properly that loyalty from both will provide you know the work because they believe that they're being valued 
people getting the product, believing that they're really getting good service, that profit will multiply far greater than if you're trying to cheat everybody out of anything. It will also be more sustainable, more deeply rooted, and be able to branch off. So consciousness of how we treat people and the respect and the value of life in, its, uh, in itself is really changing the way business is done and hallelujah is about dying. No, it does. And, and what people don't realize is when they, you know, they put in the hard work and they, they do what they take action, but then, then let go and allow things to happen. Not that you're allowing things just to happen to happen, that you, you put the, you planted the seed, you cultivated it. Now let the rest, let the, you know, let whatever your faith is, the universe, let it do its part to bring it back. And does it mean it always comes back from the source that you intended to seek that from? No, it could come from something that you didn't even ex never even expected. So the key yeah. is, is not to, is not to really be focused on, on outcomes itself or have these high expectations because people are going to let you down. It's just a part of human nature. But if we can focus on the process, being in the moment, laser focused on whatever has to get done now as part of the process, the outcomes that we desire are, are going to be a byproduct of that process, not the other way around. And then this, this allows us not to get tied up in the expectation end of it, to feel let down, that we recognize that any setbacks that happen as part of the process, and we have the ability, again, to see the blessings and opportunities disguised in it to forge ahead to let the process unfold what it does. And that's really, you know, the, the, the recipe, so to speak, to, uh, to achieve sustainable success in business yeah. once personal life. You know, the, a business plan is just that, a plan. Don't get fixated on the plan. <clears throat> because as you implement that plan, you will find that there's different directions you need to take different things you need to implement. And if you're so rigid, no, it's got to be done that way and you're not flexible, you're setting yourself up to break, right? You have to be able to go with the wind because things change constantly. There's new technologies, there's new policies, there's new uh, ways of serving. And if we're not flexible, if we're not strong in our roots and in our core, we're not going to be able to have those branches flap in the wind. So it's very important that our foundation and our core is strong because we're always going to be having to adapt and adopt new situations. That will be your survival. That's so true. That's so true. <clears throat> and just to you know, let people know that, you know, that listening, that these things don't happen overnight. So, yep. it, you know, process is a process. It's different for different people. And ongoing. But the key is, is to, you know, to recognize that if you're not where you want to be, in your personal life and business, this is this is an area that you can begin to start addressing. Just put your wellness first, mm -hmm. then align things with your wealth side. It's the same thing with a company. You know, companies not only have to look at the individual side of the people involved in their businesses, but also the wellness side of the business itself. Are 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 the are the work environments set up in a way that they can flow and, and communicate properly? Or are there potential bottlenecks? So these are these are things that if we're speaking company wellness terms. We got to take all that into account to make sure that we create, a, you know, a flow that things can, you know, can vibrate at a higher level to work out in favor in the long run to what we're doing. Whether again, if it's individual or working together in a business, so it's uh, it takes time. You know, these things don't happen overnight, and people are not all going to be on the same page at once. 
exactly. You have to be that example for others to model from. You've got to become that example. You know, you, you have a self-mastery for sustainable success program. And people go, you know, what is self-mastery? What is just what we've been talking about? Being in alignment, that loving wellness and caring of yourself, doing something that comes from love because you want to do it, not just because it's a job. Success, sustainable success, that comes from being willing to go through the process, isn't it? And be adaptable and adoptable. So speak a little bit more to the program that you have here. So what I do is I, I, I have a program that where it allows somebody to work one-on-one with me or we can do it in groups. Now, the one-on-one gets more personal because we can do a deeper dive where uh, people can uh, you know, get to the root cause of their limited beliefs. But you know, it could also be done in groups. You know, Again, transparency is, is always important here, being open-minded and learning to let go and, and begin to allow the process to unfold so that we get, you get somebody out of the problem and into the solution. And then from there to build a specific life and business strategy that is very specific and time-oriented that they can follow for the rest of their lives to go after certain goals that lead up to bigger goals and, and so forth to really create that life and business that they've always desired. And again, just be, it allows you to be committed in the moment to the process, again, allowing those desired outcomes to play themselves out as a, as a result of, of the process. How often do you see people, you know, have, have poured themselves into their business? They're very successful. Then they hit that emotional roadblock, you know, something from their past. It never materialized up until this point. And they deem themselves very successful and they're at that blockage where they can lose everything. You know, is it harder to get that person to look at the past you know, uh, and to realize that that is the problem than somebody that maybe is starting out. It is because a lot of times we've been conditioned as a society that, that we, you know, the solution is outside of us and that we can buy a product or service that will make yeah, that go away. Yeah, a yeah. There's no such thing. I mean, they're great. It's just like if you get on a, a certain diet program, right? Well, yeah, it might temporarily help you, but is it going to solve the problem? No. It all starts up here. Only you can do that. Only a company with their own people can do that. A consulting company could come in and help facilitate the process, mm-hmm. but it's really up to the company and the people to do the work to go through it. It's the same thing with, with individuals. So when, we, when I work with people, you know, my job is just to you know, keep them you know, grounded and keep them aware of the process, but they're doing the work. You know, because they can't be what, you know, what they desire to become, they can't appreciate or be grateful for it unless they own it and that they go through this experience and this process to see that all unfold. And those people that make that commitment and begin to believe in themselves and go from the problem and then into the solution over time are able to really then see the, the manifestation of what they desire and they become like, wow, this does work. Yeah, But it's just that in the beginning, sometimes people are, they can't put two and two together. They're looking for something quick or they just don't, they're ignorant to the fact that this stuff, you know, yeah, it sounds great, but you know, I don't believe that's what the answer is. But if, you, well, if ego you, gets you, you in the way, right? things over and over again, and <clears> same <throat> results and nothing changes. You know, people will say, but I'm successful. Ego, right? Um, there is no problem because the, to admit the pro- problem 
somehow seems to play on their success. You know, if I have a problem, well, then I play. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you see this in politics. You see yes. this with C-level executives. You see this with professional athletes. Mm -hmm. that, but, when, but if you were a fly in the wall, you would know that, that there's always something behind the scenes where yes. something is not in balance. Whether somebody might have a lot of money, but their wellness is in bad shape. They have a lot of money, but their relationships have gone sour or vice versa. It, it's, there's net, there's always, even if somebody is not operating from within the solution from these types of concepts, there's always going to be something that's out of balance, but you just, the public doesn't see that. Um, you only see what they want you to see. So a lot of times, again, you, you, you can tell when somebody's operating from within the solution, when they, when they're coming from empathy, yes. and kindness, and that, you know, ego is not really part of this picture. You know, somebody that has lots and lots of money is not out there flaunting it and showing how great they are. Mm -hmm. They're out there, you know, out there being the example for others to create, you know, a lifestyle that's better for them, but always being humble and grateful and compassionate along the way. So Empathy and kindness. <clears throat> it's, it's something that's been around since the beginning of time, but really is only now really being focused on. And that, to show empathy and to show kindness is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength. It is the core of what love is built from. And when we show empathy and kindness towards people, the recognition of another person and what they're going through is so impactful on that person, but it's also so impactful on you. And I think uh, anybody who's willing to step into kindness and empathy and caring, that is that basis for love is so much more enriched and abundant than people who just, you know, it's only about me and I don't care about anyone else. We are, as a group of human beings, be the I for the we, right? I say, pick up, you know, learn your instrument. What is your instrument in life, that purpose? Perfect your instrument, bring it to the orchestra of life to play in harmony. And we are, have to be responsible for our choices but don't beat yourself up if a choice took you down a road that you didn't like or, you know, ended up being something that it wasn't. It was all a learning curve. It is take what you know from that and redirect into something else. Things like failure, we put so much emphasis on. You failed at that business. You failed at this. No, I learned from that business. Like Einstein's thousand light bulbs, that one didn't work. Now I'm going to take what did work and move it into something else. So tenacity is something huge that we need to have as well, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, everything that you just talked about is spot on. And, uh, you know, again, it's just to, you know, be open-minded, you know, yeah. to know that there's, there is something that maybe that, you know, you've heard, but, you know, you know about this, but how, you know, does this really apply in, in our, in our business world. And it does, but you know, again, it's always, again, like we talked about, you got to put the wellness side of it first. If you're not, you know, here or here or spiritually yeah. balanced, you know, and again, not, not perfect balance. Like we said before, yes. breaking a balance, then we're not going to be able to, you know, really, you know, create better situations um, in our lives and business. It's just that we're always going to be, you know, the victim or we're going to get further, drawn, you know, taking, you know, pulling somebody pulling us down because we, we allow our subconsciously, we allow ourselves to get that to happen. But here we have the ability, you know, within certain areas to be in control of those of our emotions 
so that we can make, you know, you know, for the most part, the right decisions and to persevere and, and get to where we want to go. Some people would say that heart and success don't go together. I say that when you step into heart, you're actually already living that success. Um, why is it there is it that if you are in heart or in kindness, you can't be in business or you won't succeed? It's an old paradigm here. But yeah. are you seeing it dismantle? Uh, or are you seeing Yeah, you're beginning to see it, you know, because, you know, you look at some of these businesses that are very, very successful. You know, you, you got the Starbucks of the world and, and you know, uh, Google and uh, Amazon, and, and then you have all the rest. You know, I'm just using them as examples. But if you were to look at some of these companies, they are utilizing a lot of these principles. I wouldn't say that all of them are doing it 100%, but, but, for the, but they are incorporating a lot of these principles. And this is why you have a change in communication, why people are able to relate to one another better, listening to understand. They may not always agree on everything, but they're able to find common ground interdependently to get things done. And, and then also come from kindness. They're not enabling and pleasing people and this is what retains, you know, good employees, you know, good people to really take the business to another level versus other companies where it's all about, you know, telling people why, when, or how to do it yeah. and not really addressing the problem. They're, 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 they're just putting a bandaid on it and why things never really get any better and why there's turnover, higher onboarding expenses, uh, the, you know, workplace communications is not where you want it to be. And again, this could be in one's own personal life. So it's got to always be somebody stepping up that leader, whether even if you don't have the title, even if you're just a mm -hmm. regular, have a regular position, you could still be the lead, leader doing this, you know, because you're, 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 you're being the example is going to help to, you know, spread to other people that see that balance and see that good energy coming from you that they will want the same. So again, it, it's not tied to any specific position. No. To be no, and, and very often you will see, you know, the janitor and the way they treat everybody. I mean, let us not forget, you know, people ignore the janitor. But if you're going into a business and it's dirty, you kind of automatically think, well, if they're living such dirt and squalor here, how are they going to do business with me? If you go into a place that's pristine, you know, it's setting the invitation that you want to do business. But who's the one that does that? It's not the CEO, it's the janitor. So the janitor is just as important to the business as the CEO. And I think we have to actually understand that everybody's role is important. Some people may carry a little heavier burden of decision-making, but everybody is part of the ingredient in that dish and it's all important. We need to recognize everyone. <clears throat> That's true. I think it's so important, again, regardless of, of uh, title or position, that, that people are people. And everybody, you know, adds value. How do we bring these people together to kind of leverage their strengths, minimize their weaknesses and come together to make this interdependent uh, environment and communication work for the best for everyone. And, you know, that we're not in competition with one another, but we're here to empower each other to bring out the best that we all have to be, take our uh, responsibility for our own tasks and responsibilities to come together to make you know big things happen so that's really the really the key here together the word is together right you know it's yeah. be, be the team player we're not asking you to be the sheeple we're not asking you to become one we're asking you to bring your best foot forward in harmony and in sync 
with the platform that you're on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, there's something that's very close to your heart that I want you to talk about, the Empowering Fathers in Action. So what Empowering Fathers in Action is, we, we like our, our short term for that is EFA movement, because we are a movement, we're not a, a foundation or somebody that just puts out resources. We actually have these solutions that we're talking about, that we've been talking about here, and how we can apply these not only to adults, to kind of kind of change where they are, where they can be, but so that, how they can be a better example uh, behaviorally to their children so that our children then can grow into, you know, with higher self-esteem and self-confidence that will end up being our future leaders in not only in their homes, but also in their communities and their businesses. So these are solutions that, you know, we want to be able to provide to people to overcome limited beliefs so they can get out of the problem into the solution from both parents to children, uh, teaching it in schools through social and, and emotional learning programs. Uh, also having communities offer these programs to uh, citizens in, in, in that community. And then also through the businesses, because everybody benefits when you have uh, a, a, a man or a woman working for a company or maybe running their own business. If they, they're coming from a place of calm energy in the solution with utilizing the right habits and disciplines to, to obtain success, they're going to do great things for their business, but they're going to be an example for their children to follow and how, what that means to them when they become adults and whatever they decide to pursue in their careers uh, to, to be the best. And um, again, not proving that you, know, that you have to outdo someone, but being the best in terms of what you, how you can leverage your strengths and, and provide immediate impact and value to other people. That's what it's about. It's not outdoing the other person that I sold more than you. It's about how much value did I bring to other people. And if we could do this together, then we can all reap, you know, the benefits of, of, of that in terms of, you know, the, you know, the exchange of money that we earn as a result of that value that we get. Living by example, right? Doing by example. You know, people look to build a legacy. And, you know, for some people, it is the business that they build, that they leave, that carries on after them. But sometimes I think we have to look at ourselves as a living legacy. What are we leaving behind that has influenced and inspired others that will carry on long after us? Will we be remembered favorably long after we've gone for an example or something we did that somebody has remembered and used forward in their lives? So it's not looking to the people that are creating the legacies. It's how about being one ourselves? So true. So true. Again, it's not, we're not here to, you know, if, the, if you want to begin to be part of a movement that's going to change the world, stop trying to change the world, change yourself. Thank you. Take yes. responsibility and then be the example for others to do the same. Let the process, you know, do its thing over time. Just, just control what you can about yourself and let everything else fall into place. Be the inspiration that becomes the invitation, right? Absolutely. You know, what we, um, we get drawn to people who, especially if we know that they've taken their redirect and they've gone through a process and we've seen how they've come out the other side, they become an inspiration to us. My goodness, they had the strength and the tenacity and the courage to do that. You know, I don't know if I would have had that strength to do that, but look where they are now. Look at the purpose that they're living in. If that doesn't turn your eyes in to go, well, if they can do it, can I? 
and start asking yourself these questions. And the first question is, are you willing to let go of fear? And are you willing to take the journey of the process? Sometimes it could be a quick one, depending what it is. Sometimes it's a long one. But you've got to be willing to invest in self, right? Very important that you invest in self because you're not going to get through that process. No quick downloadable app, no happy pill. It is action. And it's you have to be willing to step into it. Yeah. Invest in yourself. It's the greatest investment you'll yes. ever make. Uh, you know, a car, a house, and anything else. Yeah, I'm not saying they're they're all nice things, but if you put that as more important than yourself, again, the car, the the house, and all those other things, again, they can simply be byproducts of your success of what you've done to invest in yourself. And it's not the material things. It's again what you become, how you feel, and the impact that you give others. That's truly where the where the real success and the real wealth is, and so forth. So all that other stuff is good, but you know, it, it again, those are just going to just be other byproducts of, of this process. If you look at somebody that has become a leader and we look at the Oprah's in the world and we look at, you know, the Tony Robbins, we look at uh, Wayne Dryers and things like that. Yes, we could focus in on the money they've made or we could really look at the abundance that they've given other people from being transparent, from being willing to take that public journey of, of their own purpose, of being willing to be vulnerable. I think one of the greatest gifts you could give yourself and give others in trust is your vulnerability. Because if you have risen your vibration, stepped up into love, you're safe in that vulnerability. Now, don't mean be stupid with it and give it to everyone though, but it is that vulnerability, I think is the greatest gift that you can give people. It is, you know, again, vulnerability, again, we were talking about like kindness and love being, you know, being perceived as weakness when in reality it's of the highest level of strength. It's the same thing with vulnerability. Vulnerability is not a weakness. And, you know, even if people try to capitalize on that or, you know, try to exploit the, those vulnerabilities, when you are, when you're coming from the within the solution rather than the problem from a higher self, a level of self-confidence and image, they won't be able to really tear down yourself with the vulnerabilities that have been you know, put out there. So vulnerability is a, is a good thing because it shows that you're authentic, you're human, and we all have you know, strengths, we all have weaknesses, and that you're not afraid to admit that. And you're, you know, your goal is to really leverage what you're really good at and allow others that are really strong in the areas that you're not to leverage that off of one another for two great things. I mean, I think when you... Um, look at your vulnerability, um, you know, and before you've even stepped into self-love or anything, but you're willing to be vulnerable to know there is some old programming or some old pain. There is something that is causing you to maybe hit that constant roadblock uh, or to do things off kilter that you know aren't the core of you and why you keep repeating that pattern or why do you keep getting angry? And you have to be willing to be vulnerable to go, and undo all those layers and look from where it came from. You know, a narcissist is uh, somebody who's never developed empathy as a child because, as you know, children are born to survive. So it's all about themselves and their survival. But then they need to be taught empathy, love, and kindness. And if they're not, and it's still me, myself, and I, they become the epitome of a narcissist. And you've got one in power right now. When you look at that narcissism, you have to feel really sorry for those people because they're constantly chasing approval. They're constantly chasing, 
you know, do you like me? Do you love me? I'm important. I'm that because they've never found it in themselves. They've never found that self-love, that, uh, that vulnerability of letting go somebody else not loving them the way they would like to have been loved. And we can't lay blame on sometimes the parents because the parents are brought up in their environment. They don't oh, know. Yeah, how they bring their own limited beliefs. Yeah. They, again, yeah. I mean, as kids, we don't understand. Yeah. I didn't understand it with my father at the time, but now right. I can look back. My father didn't have that from his own father. How could right. he be the father I wanted him to be when he didn't know how? But also for him, his idea of fatherhood was to make sure there was enough money for all of you, right? And that's what matters. You know, I'm a loving father because I'm bringing home the bacon, right? And the fact that a child needs a hug or needs encouragement or needs time, you know, is something that they just couldn't comprehend, right? As long as you were a good father and you put the roof over the head and food on the table, you were being a good father. We now know that there's so much more to parenthood. But this is really only a recent thing, isn't it? Sure is. I mean, like I said, we, we on some level are aware, people might be aware of it, but when it comes down to when they, if they're able to be conscious to what they do every day or subconsciously, or be aware subconsciously what they do, they realize that that's not the case. That, and a lot of these things are being picked up uh, subconsciously by their children. And they yeah. end up, that, then it forges limited beliefs into them and they end up becoming what they feel is what they are from those limited beliefs. Yes. So, you know, we have to look at ourselves and go, okay, time to be honest. What's getting in my way? What do I have to deal with? What do I have to let go of? And if you're not unwilling to do the work and you just want to band-aid it and plow on through, I promise you, it's going to chase you wherever you go. You can't outrun it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and that's something we've got to remember. We can try and escape as much as we want into drugs, into alcohol, into all anything else. All of these addiction type things are trying to escape ourselves. If we stood up and faced ourselves and were willing to go in and really do the work, we would realize we'd be so much more loving, forgiving to self and not needing to hide behind some form of addiction. Correct. That's true. Like I said, the addiction is just a kind of a, a way to mask, uh, you know, the, 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 the root cause, you know, the, yeah. the limited beliefs, you know, so if we drink, we act, you know, act out sexually, we, we are addicted to gambling or food. Again, these are just things to just escape yes. uh, the, 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 the true, the true addiction, which is to the, the emotion that we're experiencing. A lot of times that's the anger and mm -hmm. people just react to it differently and then just mask it differently. That's all. Do you, you, do you know of the Emoto experiment? What is it called again? Emoto. Uh, I've heard of it, but yeah, why don't you talk about it a little bit? And I, can, it's, you know, um, I have had his assistant, because Emoto died, and his assistant carried on the work. And he's been measuring water all around the world and looking at the lifestyle of the people, measuring the water in frequency and crystallization. But Emoto did this dem uh, demonstration of three glasses of water in three rooms. One was completely ignored, never addressed. Another one, there was a spew of hate and anger. Another one, purely of love. The ignored one didn't change at all, just stayed as it was. The hate one literally went black and dense. And the one with love crystallized into frequency crystallizations of a higher vibration. What people don't realize is that we're 70% water. Our brain is 90% water. So if we're feeding or allowing that negativity to come in all the time, how can we make clear decisions? Because we're coming from this place of anger. 
So we really have to place this process of self-love on ourselves because it not only feeds our psyche, our mind and better decision-making, but it feeds our very organs. It feeds our body. So if a lot of people go, oh, love is all woo-woo, scientifically, it is your survival. And if you step into love, you will be fruitful within body and be able to make clearer decisions out of body. That's so true. I love that. I love that, that uh, the water example, because that is so true. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I interview a lot of people on the water and on frequency and how uh, it's turned up, not just turned up in our frequency. And, um, and I think for a lot of people, it is, I can't coast any longer on these old beliefs. You know, as I said, they've, they've caught up with them. And it's like, it doesn't matter if you're 20, 30, 50, 60, 80, who cares? At some point, you're going to have come to face to face with those old beliefs and release them. Because if not, they just carry on into your next lifetime. So you may as well clean it out this one, right? <laughs> so what's next for you? 2019 here. What have you got planned for everybody? Uh, so the next thing is, I mean, I'm going to continue to, uh, you know, coach people and groups on what I do, getting out of the, the problem to the solution from limited, limited to limitless beliefs. But we're looking now to bring it more into companies. So I've been, last year I spoke at a wide variety of companies kind of bringing this to light. The goals for this year is now to have companies implement this process yes. and how this can impact their workplace communications, their employee engagement their productivity, efficiency, and profitability, and corporate culture, and all everything else. And um, also with the nonprofit is to create awareness, then be able to start scaling this in communities and building stronger, thriving communities, including the businesses and the people that live in those communities, where people can, you know, start to put, you know, together these principles we talk about, wealth, uh, and wealth in alignment with their wealth principles will equal true prosperity. And again, it's really incorporating the, the conscious capitalism route versus like, you know, dog eat dog world yes. that we live in. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it, it takes one community, maybe two, before to see the, you know, the results of change that others may, will look at and say, well, we want to do the same. And then it, it becomes contagious from there in a good way going forward. Yeah. I've interviewed a lot of people in Europe that are doing this. Uh, bringing that consciousness into business and also helping them adhere to the 17 rules of uh, of the UN. But we call it the you know, um, change of emotional climate for climate change. And we've got to understand that our environmental climate is a direct um, response to the way we treat it. And if we learn to treat ourselves better and each other better, we'll have more respect for our planet as well. So that conscious shift, it's, it's so exciting as a conscious awakening here. I am so excited to see this actually, you know, being accepted in, in companies, but in even governments are beginning to accept this because they realize we've built a sewage pit and, you know, we have to drain it, not the swamp, the, you know, the political pits yeah. around the world. Yeah. And we have to start injecting more of this positive water, you know, in order to kind of change this whole climate because we're really at a crossroads as a humanity right now and our actions in the next while are going to speak very very loud and it's not oh you know let's leave it up to someone else finger pointing out that there's three fingers pointing back at you folks right you know and it's what are you going to do about it 
You have the change you seek. You are the solution in your own life and in the lives of others. So what are you going to do to step up? Because there's no coasting anymore, is it? It's participation. No. Absolutely. We got to show up and, uh, like you said, show up and be that example. Focus on yourself uh, from, you know, from an unselfish standpoint, but knowing that, that you're not being selfish, that you're, what you're doing is helping somebody else that's observing uh, what you do around you. So you're doing be the light, thing. be the light that shines bright for others, right? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And you know, Doug, if there's, there's time for where you kind of say, you know, I need to take time out, which I think is something really important for people to understand. Don't try and be everything. Don't try and do everything. Remember, you need that silence and solitude in order to regroup and revive. And that's something that needs to be integrated into your life. Um, and to place that importance upon yourself, that's the difference from self-importance. The importance of self is making sure you love and nourish yourself because the more nourished you are, the more you've got to give. Um, and you've got to be willing to do the work yourself. Nobody, you can't hire someone to do it for you. You've got to do it. You can hire someone that can guide you and help you, but you've got to do the work. And then your life and the lives of others around you will change. And that's really exciting when that happens. So how do people find you, love? How do they book you for speaking? How does a company get to you? Uh, the best place for someone to get in touch with me is first my, my website, ChristopherSalem.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R, Salem, like Salem, Oregon or Salem, Massachusetts. Dot com. That's my, uh, you know, for my uh, coaching, my consulting, I call myself a life and business strategist, also for speaking because I'm a professional speaker. And uh, also uh, my nonprofit, EFA, that's EFAMovement.org. Again, we're just applying this now, these concepts now to communities, schools, uh, families, and businesses to kind of look at it as one, how we can make these uh, paradigm shifts in people's mindsets to do bigger things in their communities and to build more interdependent communities rather than codependent. And uh, th those are the two places best to find me. Right. And, you know, we all need help. You know, it's don't go and try and do it yourself. Um, yes, you are responsible for your actions. Yes, you need to step up and do things yourself. But you need that team, that encouragement, those people around you that with the wisdom, with the tools, with the encouragement, will help you get through it. You're not meant to do it all alone, right? You've got to walk the walk, but there's the cheerleaders and you know, the people with the glasses of water while you're on that marathon and you can do it. Those are the things that we need to hire people to do and build that team. And then you discover things about yourself that you never knew. Boy, I've been selling myself short. I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I could see life that way. I didn't know I could interact with that people and the people I'm attracting now. Wow, how awesome. So it's when you get through to the other side of the process, it's really cool, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> Nothing better. Nothing better. So come on in, folks. The water's great. Just be willing to take the steps to get there. <laughs> I'm so sorry about the voice today. I'm definitely oh, no, Um My husky voice. But, uh, you know, this is another thing is don't let obstacles get in your way, right? If you believe Absolutely. something and you You're want to do it, we, we, did it. We got the message across today and your voice was fine. <laughs> Good, glad to hear it. So closing, closing words for people for this beautiful new year, what, uh, what would you like them to do? Um, I would just say that, it, yeah, I would say if this is all kind of new to you, what we talked about today, it's just again to kind of 
just be aware, you know, try to, you know, take some time to be in the moment and reflect on where you are now, where we'd like to be and why maybe you're not where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily got to know why, yeah. but just know that if you're not where you want to be, that, that, that you could be aware of that. And just to know that, that what you desire to become is possible if you make the commitment to engage the process to go from problem to the solution, but it all happens from the inside out yes. to do that. And you just need, you know, the right guidance in order to do that. And there are sources for you to do that uh, and, and to make that process happen. And then that, that over time that you'll be able to do all this on your own and that, you know, you, you all these things that you're, you're looking to solve or, or change can all come from within you that you're not going to be required to always be reaching out to someone to do that, that we'll all be able to reach out when we begin to do things together that really make a a big difference. You're not going to be dependent upon someone, but we can then work together interdependently uh, to make things happen. So that's, that would be my parting words and my advice to people listening. And the best form of coach is one that's taken the journey themselves because you understand and we understand that there are the roadblocks and sometimes the fall down and, you know, the, the getting back up, but that's all part of the process. When you look at somebody that's coaching you, that's been there, taken the journey and you see where they are now, well, your goal is to go through your process in self-discovery of who you are and what you're meant to be. And again, when you're willing to go through it, it is so worth it to reach the other side. So, so true. thank you so much, Chris, for being with us here today and sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much, Sarah, for having me today. And to everyone else out there, remember, your life is up to you. Nobody else is going to live it for you. And there are people like Chris here to help you along your way. We know we've got it in you. Just be willing to take the journey. Until next time, folks, bye for now. For more wonderful shows like this, please go to selfdiscoveryradio.com, podcasts and see our lineup. And if you wish to support us, we have a funded button. Please stay tuned for our next show.